0: Welcome back to another episode of The Huddle, and these are the more special episodes because they don't come around too often as we celebrate an amazing achievement in NBL history. Todd Blanchfield will play his 400th NBL game on Monday night. It's a massive game, and he's been a very special player in the NBL for a long time. So I hope you enjoy this chat with one of the greats.
1: Do you have those little seeds of thinking potentially, oh, I could get up to 500 here. I'd be lying if I said I didn't, to be honest. I guess it is something that does creep in your mind. It is something you do think about, and it's something that, I mean, would be extremely special. In Looking to enjoy this moment, you know, it's, it's my mum and dad are going to be in the crowd, my wife, my son. It's, it's going to be a special moment. It's, it's, a, it's a big, you know, something I'm, I'm really grateful
0: Well, we have a very special guest here. I'm excited to catch up with Mr. 400 himself, Todd Blanchfield. Toddy, firstly, how's everything going? After it was a tough loss uh, against the Jack Jumpers, but you're still
1: in the hunt. And uh, how are you feeling? Yeah, I mean, obviously, disappointing loss on Wednesday night. It was we knew the environment we were walking into It's hostile. It's a hard place to win. You know, the Jack Jumpers knew. I guess they've been in that, they've been in finals basketball since they've been in the league. So they knew knew what it took. And I think they. Almost probably jumpers us from the get go. You know, it's it was um yeah, it was. I, I don't think we sort of played the brand of basketball we wanted to play. It's sort of the brand we did haven't been playing the last two two and a half months and pretty disappointing. You know, pretty honest video session this morning, which was needed. But you know, we uh, we earned this to be able to have the second chance to be able to come home and play and you know New Zealand are probably playing probably some of the best basketball in the league right now. You know, and it's it's it's, it's going to be a good game. It's a tough game, and I think that's what finals is all about.
0: Now, I know you don't want to talk too much about yourself and your own career, but that's all we're here for. We will touch a little bit on the Hawks season and that game on Monday, but 400 games in the NBL. Has it hit you yet? I mean, you're only 32 years old, so there's there's plenty left in the tank. It's incredible. You'll be the 52nd player to ever have played 400 games. It's an incredible achievement.
1: Yeah, I mean, first of all, I appreciate the only 32 years old. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I appreciate that comment. But, um, yeah, no, it's... It's definitely something that I guess it has sort of, I've thought about it a lot and it's something if you sort of told myself when I was 17 you know you'd be going to play 15 years and reach 400 games it's sort of something that I wouldn't have believed you at the same time so very fortunate to be able to do this for such a long time and something that I love so much it's you know I love turning up to work every day and you know playing basketball it's a lot of fun so I'd love to get a championship. This year would be nice. But at the same time, it's it's still something that I am pretty proud of, yeah.
0: How is the body feeling? Because I do say I'm only 32, because I'm 32 as well, and I've been five years moved on uh, into the next phase of my career, and you're still running around out there doing what you do best. How do you feel overall, I guess, physically and mentally after this incredible career you've had so far?
1: Yeah, I mean, my body feels great, to be honest. It's something you... I sort of took the time during the off-season to really sort of know what it sort of took to take care of your body properly because I would like to do it as long as I possibly could you know it's you know I find it's probably one of the best jobs and not the best job in the world and it's something that as I said I want to be able to prolong and just to sort of took the time to sort of just what my body needed to be able to turn up and do it every day it's it's something that I wish I probably had have learnt a little bit early but it's you know as they say better late than never it's um but yeah so it's my body feels great and it's something that as I said, I'd like to prolong as-, as long as I possibly could. Is it hard not to look too far ahead? I know
0: you try to live in the moment every single time in terms of both games, the season. But as I said, you-, you are 32 years old and the body's feeling great. And yeah, you say you average 28 games in the regular season. You play a couple of finals, 30 games a year. The 500 is in. There is a possibility. You only be thirty-five. Dave Anderson played till he was fifty-nine, and the way that you're moving, it's uh, we could see you continue to do that. Do you think too far ahead? Is it, do you have those little seeds of thinking potentially I could get up to five hundred here?
1: Um, I'd be lying if I said I didn't. To be honest, yeah. it's something that, as I said, I don't like to, look, like to look too far ahead. But at the same time, it's I guess it is something that does creep in your mind. It is something you do think about, and it's something that I mean would be extremely special. But at the same time, it's i i do i am i guess i am proud of the i guess the accomplishment at the moment i do like to i am really in looking to enjoy this moment you know it's it's my mom and dad are going to be in the crowd my wife my son it's, it's going to be a special moment it's it's nice that it is at home too
0: yeah it is exactly right to be at home in front of your friends and family i want to take you back to where it all started you talk about uh those special moments when you look back at everything and when it all began what is something that you've learned over the 399 games you've played that you wish you knew before you debuted?
1: Um, well, there's one thing, I guess, that I remember my very first day of training. I walked into practice, and I didn't really know anyone's name. Look. A guy, camp, Cameron Tovey, came over and spoke to me about it at the end of training, and he said, oh, sorry, it was the end of pre-season, sorry, and he said, make sure you enjoy every moment because when you when the season gets going blink of an eye and it's done and as a 17 year old kid you sort of just like oh yeah thanks man I appreciate it but I'm 17 I'm looking forward to going home you know getting my shots up and going home playing PlayStation whatever the hell it is <laughs> but you know it's it is something that that's always stuck with me because it is true you know I can't believe here we are now it's we're in post season already and the season you know it's only five months as it is now it's, it was a little bit longer back then so yeah that's one thing I have really tried to take really tried to take on board is just to enjoy every I guess every moment you're able to come to practice every time every game you're able to step on the floor because I don't want to look back when my career is over to be like I wish I did that little bit extra recovery I wish I did those few extra shots it's not something that I want to regret so it's every time I step on the floor every day it's a, it's a privilege and it's something that I just I enjoy the moment what keeps you motivated
0: right now is you play, you're about to play game 400 compared to back in that rookie year 15 years ago where the motivation would be clear, right? You want to become the best NBL player. You want to get onto a rotation. You want to try and win a championship, which I'm sure is the motivation. But what is the thing that right now that keeps you driven 399 games later?
1: I mean, right now it's just the love for basketball every day I, I look forward to coming in. It's obviously winning helps that in a way. Like obviously it's, it's when you're winning, it's a little bit easier. But even when we started the season, it was two and seven and we were unsure what was going to happen with the group. It was everyone's, I still enjoyed turning up, doing the extra work, competing every day. You know, I think I still, I've pretty much played every off season as well. It's something that I wanted to push I wanted to get the most out of my as much out of my body as I possibly could as possibly can because it's as I said, I don't want to look back when I'm done and be like, Oh, I wish I played one more off season or I wish I played one more season. That's I wanna do as much as I can now and I'll sort of worry about my body when it's done. Uh, that was gonna be my next question because
0: again we've seen the, the guys who have played three hundred plus, really even two fifty, not everybody likes to play in the off season. You continue to do that at, and at a high level. I want to ask why, because you go in there and it just looks like not only do you tear it up every single time you do it, but you don't really have to do that, right? You don't have to go into an off-season. You you play your body. We talk about a 28-game season, but the NBL season, as you said, it goes quick. You can be full-on. You've got practice. You're on a plane. A lot of people don't need to be able to have that downtime and rest. And at 32 and 399 games
1: later, you say, no, nah, I'm lacing them up again. Yeah, I mean, I just I think it's one of those things. It's... Even this can be one of those some of those days at training when you come in I'm a little bit sore. Oh, I don't really feel like going today, but you step over the white line, the competitive juices kick in and all of a sudden like nah we're're we're, we're going today. it's I feel like it's I like that in the off season I enjoy it. I've got the opportunity to be able to go home this off season, which is nice. you know we've got my wife and I are both from Mackay. we got a new be and family friends. It's to be able to play also now in front of my family and friends, especially my grandparents, you know there are. Uh, don't travel as much now, but to be able to—they watch every game on TV. But little things like to be able to play in front of them live again—they'll be at each game. It's—it's it's little things like that that, in the back of my mind, it's—I—I I said I don't want to regret that later on. To where I—I I, I didn't do those things. I want to go down memory lane a little bit, because, uh,
0: again, when we think about your career, we can't think past the Townsville Crocodiles. And when we talk about the NBL, a lot of people like to talk about the Townsville Crocs. What are some of your best memories rolling around uh, in a Crocs jersey? Which, fittingly enough, I mean, you, when you guys are playing the Perth Wild, uh, the Brisbane Bullets, sorry, I think it was the Norn family, but every time you see a Townsville Croc jersey, how does that make you feel?
1: Yeah, it, it, it does. It makes you feel special. You know, it's, it's where it all started for me. It's... um. You know, it's North Queensland. I'm from North Queensland. It's uh, I always followed the Crocs and also, you know, the, the Thai fans back in back in the day when I was younger watching that watching the basketball in the NBL growing up. It's and then having the opportunity to be able to play there is and start my career there is it's special and it's, it's always holds a special place in my heart and it's and it also helped that it was super close to home. You know, it was only four hours down the highway and I was home. So I guess that made it a little bit easier as well, but. Yeah, I mean, even I saw um, Mitch Norton, a few of his friends down here, and they all sat courtside and all wore Crocs jerseys for the for the game. It's as you said, it's the Crocs. I feel like they're always someone's always speaking about them. We're always around somewhere. But yeah, no, the Townsville and the Crocs always hold a special place in my heart. Would have nearly been
0: teammates because when I was uh, leaving college, had that uh, contract offer come through before. We, we lost the Townsville Crocs, unfortunately. Um, but you, you do mention you starting your career there and being close to home. Do you feel like that's helped pave the way for the longevity and the success you've had in your career? Because a lot of people, whether it's going to college or uh, going across the country, stepping out of your comfort zone at, at a young age at 17, sometimes it, it takes you a while to adapt to. But being, as you said, a four-hour drive down the highway, that really helped you adjust to a professional lifestyle.
1: For sure, and it's, I mean, being close to home was nice, but there was also, also, I also had some family in Townsville as well, which was nice to, I guess, you know, when you're 17 and you sort of started some days when it gets tough and you're really unsure how to deal with certain things, it is nice to be able to lean back and even if it is go home for the weekend if you've got a few days off, and I think to be able to have that luxury, I think definitely helped. It was, uh, it, it definitely was nice. Let's go back to some other memories. What's if you had to pick out,
0: uh, I guess, a Mount Rushmore of your career so far? Do you have any memories that stand up above the rest?
1: Um, I mean, I chased a lot of those long rebounds for homicide. <laughs> <laughs> the first one,
0: the first one that comes to my mind because I was part of this game. It, it, it'll be forever etched into the, the four overtime game at the Win Entertainment Center, and you hit some massive shots late, and that one always sticks out to my mind because. Anytime you get past a second overtime, everyone's mind's thinking, "What is going on here? It can't possibly go on." And how vividly do you remember that game? That was
1: actually my next one. That I was actually the serious comment was that <laughs> one. Yeah, <laughs> like I, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a game that I, I someone asked me about it literally two weeks ago. Asked about the four overtime game, and it's it's something that you don't see, let alone get the chance to be a part of. And yeah, I remember. Like, looking at the box score after the game, you see Casper Ware has played 40 <laughs> minutes. You know, I played 42 minutes. It was 45, whatever it was. But there was... Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a crazy game. And as I remember, it was just the the roller coaster of emotions between Melbourne making shots and someone for us making shots. And it was just... It was so up and down. It was no one ever... There was so many times in the game, I remember Melbourne got out to a five-point lead and I was like, oh, this, this you know, that's and then all of a sudden someone makes a big shot and then, then we got out to a little lead and then it's, oh, you know, I think we're, we should be all right here if we, you know, we make free throws and it just, with the rollercoaster of emotions is so up and down and it's a game that, yeah, I guess that'll stick with me the rest of my life. I mean, it, became, it was on our scouting
0: report before that game. But again, everybody knows once once you've hit one, that you've got to find you again. And that's all you did in, in the, the well, I, think, I can't remember if it was the second, the third, or the fourth, and continuously knocked down those big shots. How do you always be ready for those moments? Because not, that's not the only game that you've done that. And uh, I guess we talk about some elite shooters in NBL history. When that first one goes down, it seems like your confidence goes to another level. And again, it doesn't matter if there's a hand in your face. Once one or two has gone down, you're going to keep filling it up.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's, for me, I feel like it's confidence like is built by good preparation. You know, I do my work before and after training, whether it's form shooting, whether it's, uh, and it's something that I've always done and it's something that I've always, I'm always going to back myself in that situation. And to be able to, I guess, be in the environment where the coaches and other players trust you to to go and make those plays it's and make those short take those shots. And I think that also, you know, contributes to confidence knowing that, whether it goes in or do- whether it goes in or it doesn't, it's to have the group, with the coaches, you know, the, the rest of the group behind you to be able to know that whether this goes in or it doesn't matter, it's a good shot.
0: It's great, as you mentioned, that you get to have the 400th game at home uh, in Illawarra. But you've played for a few different teams around the league now. Uh, we know you were at Perth, you were in Melbourne. What is it about having to join different teams throughout a 15-year career that's helped, I guess, build you more as the player that you are and the person? Because it can be hard to adjust when, when you've got to move across the other side of the country. You've got to move, as we mentioned, out of your comfort zone where, where you know where the gym is, you know where your favorite cafe is, and to have that, I guess, quick adjustment in a couple of months, it cannot be easy to do, but you seem to be able to do it nearly everywhere you go.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely tough, but I just thought... You know, with the options that I took, I thought they were they were the best options for me personally to be able to, I guess, do what put myself in the best pass, uh, put myself in the best position to be able to play my best basketball. And you know, obviously, the relationships you build in those in those times as well, it's something that I think they stick with you for the rest of your life beyond basketball. You know, I have got a lot of different, pretty much on every team, I've got you know someone that I've played with in an off season in a in during the NBL. is, I've you know, built some relationship and got friends on pretty much every team in the league. So I think those relationships are important going, you know, and in, in life. And it's something that you, you hold on to for the rest of your life. Talking about the league as a whole from when you started, I mean,
0: you've seen, you've seen a bunch of everything. And we talked about, again, before uh, when Larry Kesselman took over. And, I mean, that was around the time that uh, I nearly joined the Townsville Crocs. But the league was in, we do not talk about it, a bit of trouble, but we were worried where's Australian basketball heading to now... How how I guess inspired are you to have been a part of this entire journey and and I guess be able to be there and understand it all, you have a different perspective on how incredible the rise has been?
1: Yeah, I mean, I remember, I can't remember which year it was, maybe my third year, I was maybe 19. I remember in an off season sitting on the couch at mum and dad's place in Mackay eating breakfast and seeing on Fox Sports that, the towns of crocodiles had folded, the league was unsure what was coming where the league was going to be like as you said where what was what was what the future looked like for australian basketball and i remember being like oh like unsure what was going to happen i just was about to play for the meteors in mackay and just i was unsure what, what was what my future hold or what the nbl's future held and to see to be a part of that then to sort of see where the league is now and just sort of see it going forward it's it's really special to be a part of and sort of to be yeah it's I think it's just a credit to Larry and his team and everyone that is involved, just to to get behind a, a basketball and build this brand that's so exciting and everybody's wants to be a part of. It's to be a, to see both sides of the to be on both sides of the fence, I guess. It's it's pretty special to see where it is now.
0: it will be remiss of me when we talk about memories and we mentioned about potentially getting 500 games plus. Not to bring up, you'll ever go down as the infamous NBL Cup winner, I believe. Uh, you won part of the NBL cup and again to maybe fast track this we get to 600 games and might throw another NBL cup in there uh, how do you think the body would go with a bunch of games in two weeks like that again I mean we we'll just
1: take it day, day to day <laughs> <laughs> you inflammatories um Just day to day see how we go if it would be a different feeling because you have mentioned
0: your family and you are a new father, and I guess that would change. I mean, I can speak personally now, but a different perspective on not just life, but especially hoops and, and what you're doing, to be able to run around out there and and watch them get older and go back and look at this list of about to be 52 players that have ever played 400 games. And to have dad as part of that has got to be a pretty special feeling, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like, I mean, as you know, I feel like it puts it just puts it into perspective. You know, I was a real, before, before I was a dad, it was one of those things after games, win, lose, or draw, couldn't sleep. And I was up till two, three in the morning. But I feel like ever since Billy was born, it just sort of puts it into perspective that no matter how the game went, whether you played well, played bad, you you, you won, you lost, you walk in the door and he's still there smiling, he's happy to see you. It's, it just, I feel like for me, it's, it just sort of just changed that there's more, I guess there's more to life than basketball. Yeah, it's a big part of what I've done for such a long time and it's something I always love, but when you sort of step away from it, it's, I guess it just makes it a little bit easier to switch off now. Sometimes you have no choice but to, <laughs> to switch off because there's a lot going on at home, but at the same time it just, yeah, that, 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 I think that's been one thing that I've noticed is that it just, yeah, put it all into perspective for me. You, you mentioned not being out of sleep after games before the trial. That's probably similar to whilst when Billy
0: was early on in the stages. I'm sure, so you could adjust to that. Still, uh, do you feel like, and again, it's going to be very special because you mentioned everybody who's going to be in the crowd and being a dad now. That uh, does that add to the more emotion pre-game because this is a massive game. We know that it's a it's a do or die game to get to a semi-final series. One that obviously you want to win, but uh, there is that emotional side that this incredible achievement doesn't happen too often in in professional sport.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. And it's, you know, I'd be lying if there were some days when you get up and you're sore and you sometimes you really don't feel like going in. Sometimes, you know, my, my family is my why. It's the reason I, sometimes it, it, it's the reason I go in. And it's, yeah, I love, as I said before, I love the, the basketball, I love the extra work, but there's definitely days where it's like, ah, oh, especially when you're, you're losing and you're not playing well, whatever it might be. It's, you know, they're, Some everyone's got a why. Why? Why do you do it? I think my family is 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 my why, and it's it will be special to have you know my my wife, my son, mum, and dad in the crowd for for something that it's a it's a big something I'm I'm really proud of. How has your
0: game day routine changed after 399 games? Because I know you're you like to venture out and go on the coffee run, I'm sure, and it's in, again, Wollongong, you know, it's one of the best road trips that I
1: was part of. But what does it look like now compared to when you were a 17-year-old? Um, I mean, as a 17-year-old, I didn't have much of a game day routine. It's kind of... <laughs> <laughs> just just whatever happened to happen, whatever I had for lunch, whatever. Yeah, but I guess now it's, it's, it's pretty... I guess even before, you know, four months ago before Billy was even born. I feel like it's pretty similar now. You know, my wife, she's been around a long time and she understands that about being ready and like it's it's our job and it's what we we I do to support our family and it's, and my wife's unbelievable in that aspect. She understands that and it's, I couldn't be any more thankful for her because obviously there are days that are tough and Billy doesn't understand it's game day. So it is to be able to have her, you know, back me and support me. It's it does make it a lot easier and, and, I guess, continue to be able to do what I do and what I love.
0: Let's talk a little bit about this season as a whole before we get on to the big game on on Monday night. Because, again, you mentioned a little bit of the start and the Illawarra Hawks, where everything was going. And you said that in locker room, no one was really sure what happens next. Looking back now to the start of the season and since Justin Tatum took over is it a pinch yourself moment or did you kind of expect that once we get it together, we'll be okay? Because it's been one of the most incredible stories we've seen uh, in a very, very long time. Not just from, I guess, an NBL point of view, but really sport. Uh, This team was the way they were playing and anchored at the bottom of the ladder to finishing top four and the style of play and the joy that everyone's playing with. It's been unbelievable to sit back and watch. I'm sure it's been even more special to be part of.
1: Yeah. I feel like, you know, I, I, I've said this to a few people now. I feel like you know some guys say you know they'll be like, "Oh, this is the most enjoyable group I've been a part of." And but when I say that, like I feel like it's 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 a genuine thing. Like I, everybody on this group is is happy to for the next guy's success. And I think it goes to show with our bench energy. Every time there's a score, every time there's a, a big play, whether it, it, whatever happens, our whole bench is standing up the towels. It's everyone from the, the guys that aren't suited up all the way to guys that are playing 30 minutes you know it's, that that energy is infectious and to be able to turn up and everyone's turning up every day genuinely wanting to be there and obviously winning helps that but even when we did drop a couple everybody still turned up every day did their extra work everyone had a good time it was a fun environment to be around and i think that honestly has had some of the that's really i feel like that's been it's propelled a lot of our success
0: do you feel any more pressure on yourself as, as the veteran of the group? And uh, as you said, 399 games, and you've got a lot of youngsters and, again, some really bright futures. And we, we're talking about even Seth Rollin. We forget how, how incredibly young he is still. Um, Tyler Harvey, we know he's been in the league a little bit. But Lockie Albrecht, AJ Johnson, uh, all these youngsters coming through, that when you're going through those tough times, and they probably turn to you and say, um, you've been in situations where things aren't going great. And you just got to wait and you've got to continue to trust yourself to do the work that uh, the good times will come, and they certainly have.
1: Yeah, for sure. And it's, I guess, I've tried to sort of be that voice, I guess, even at the, especially at the start of the season as well, when things weren't going right and we were unsure what was what the season looked like and what, all those sorts of things. I sort of, yeah, continued to try to be that voice and talk to the young guys and just sort of stick with the process and, you know, the hard times never last. And obviously, we were able to turn it around and... Yeah, it's, I feel like it's a real credit to the group and just the sacrifice. I feel like that everybody's made, whether it's shots taken, whether it's minutes played, whether it's whatever it might be. The sacrifice amongst the group, I feel like that's, you know, the the, the genuine enjoyment to turn up and play basketball with one another, and also the sacrifice. I think those two things together, I think uh, it's it's been a almost a recipe for us turning the season around. You've had a lot of incredible coaches over
0: your career and a lot of unique coaches over your career as well. What's Justin Tatum like for you on a personal level? Because we've had chats to him. We see him on the sideline and we talk about how special he is and how well-deserved the three-year extension is. What's he been like for you?
1: I mean, it's, I guess I sort of... Obviously, when I first met um, JT, was on a, he was an assistant coach when I first came in. And obviously, as a head coach... An assistant coach sometimes the assistant coach is the guy that you almost when the head coach is having a bad day <laughs> you almost joke around you always go to the assistant coach when you want you know a different a different vibe whatever it might be but i just remember when jt when he first took over he sort of he first came in and he sort of told us about sort of where he's come from he was he sort of opened himself up and was quite vulnerable about you know how he sort of got to where he is now and i think that was a big thing for the group you know, it really gained a lot of the trust amongst the group, and it sort of just—we knew he was here to to compete and to win. And I think that shows on the sideline. You know, he's got his face towel because he's dripping sweat, and <laughs> I feel like he, you know, he he gets it. He's played, he he understands that competitive side, and he wants to win. And when I guess the leader, the you know head coach, is into the game that much and wants to compete that much, I sort of think that's infectious—that that, that attitude—and it's. It's something that it's as I said, infectious amongst the group, and I think it's each game we step into. He's he does a pretty, he does a really good job of getting us all ready for it.
0: What would it mean to win a title to, to add to the resume to Todd Blanchfield's 400 plus games? I'm going to get there. We're going to push the 500, Toddie. We're going to get there. Don't worry about oh, that. Yeah. It takes a few more NBL cups. We'll throw that in there as well. But <laughs> uh, you know, you, you mentioned that
1: you know, the determination to win a title. What would that mean to you? I mean. You would honestly mean everything to me. You know, when you're in this league and you've come so close, you've been semi-finals, grand finals, and it is really is, it's heartbreaking to be on the losing side and only know that feeling. It'd be nice to know what it like is to win a championship. And when you work so hard for so long, I guess it is nice to be rewarded with a championship ring. So, and especially in a, in a place like Illawarra, I feel like Illawarra's got a sort of similar vibe to what Townsville is, you know, a smaller regional community and... Just the, the the passion and the the love from the fans is so genuine. The way they turn up night in, night out. It's to be able to win a, a championship, especially in Wollongong, would be. You know, I've spent a few years here now, and I'd love to. You know, I, I love this place. It's somewhere I would I'd love to stay, and it's. Yeah, I, I think it would be it would be really special for the community, but also for me. I feel like, as I said, when you work so hard and put so much time into something, it would be nice to sort of be able to get a, a championship ring by the end of it. And That's going to start with the game on Monday
0: against the Breakers. You said they're they're in fine form. And you mentioned you watched Phil. And lastly, before I let you go, what what was the takeaway from Tasmania leading in into New Zealand? What do you have to get done to get past this and then set up a a semi final series with Melbourne United?
1: Yeah, I feel like the last time we, well, the last few times we played New Zealand, they they come out extremely physical. You know, they've come out, they've thrown the first punch, they've pushed. You know, they bump cutters hard. They 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 push catches two meters off the three point line there extremely drilled offensively and they're, they're quite clinical in what they do and so I feel like we have to be locked into our scout you know it's they're obviously well coached with with Modi he's got his some he's had obviously a lot of success since he's been a head coach and you know that they obviously the the amount of games they've won sort of speaks for itself over the past two years so we have to be locked into our scout we have to be able to match the physicality but at the same time I feel like we've got to get back to sort of just playing Hawks basketball sort of the basketball we've sort of played the last two and a half months to sort of, to get to this position. So, you know, we've, we've, we've reviewed Tasmania. We've, you know, we've, we've seen what we had. Every, I mean, there's a lot of th- pretty much everything we could have done better. So I guess that's the, the good thing about a short turnaround. You know, we've watched it. We've sort of scrapped it. Now we've moved on to New Zealand. We get to play in a few days. So yeah, massive game at home. But as I said, I think we've earned this top four, top four spot, by the way, we've been playing. So we got to get back to playing that way. Well, good luck for that game, Tony. Thank you so much for your time. Again,
0: congratulations on what's going to be an unbelievable night and a special night for you. One of the best players I've seen in the NBL for, for 400 games and then a the high-level character off the court as well. And I'm glad I got to play against you and I'm glad I got to watch uh, a little bit of this. And let's do this again in 100 games' time, shall we? Let's do it. I appreciate it, mate. Thank you.